Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Crossover episode tonight. Fred Katz here with Keith Keith Pompey, Locked on Thunder, Locked on Sixers. The Thunder just crushed the 76ers, 122-97 to in Oklahoma City. Um, they really controlled the entire game, up 13 at halftime, 15-2 to run to start the third quarter. Uh, all the starters pretty much sat the fourth quarter. Um, what, what's there to take away from this game? Uh, the thing to take away is that the Sixers have a long way to go and that what Russell Westbrook is a beast. I mean, we've been saying that all the while. Um, you know, he just did whatever he wanted to do. I mean, he's the reason, personally, that I think they scored 76 points in the paint. Um, you know, he's the reason why the game was out of hand. Uh, and the Sixers, if you look at it, you know, the Sixers have good young talent, but they're young. You know, they they got out-muscled. Um, they just, like as, as Dario Sarge said, they were in a bar fight, and they faced the toughest guy at the end of the bar, and he destroyed them. Yeah, so Westbrook tonight uh, did not play the fourth quarter because 35th triple-double of the year. That's six away from Oscar Robertson. 18 points, 11 rebounds, 14 assists. He had 13 assists just in the second and third quarters alone. Uh, Really, it was an interesting performance for him. Six for six from the field, six for six from the line. He's the first player in in NBA history to have a triple-double without missing a free throw and without missing a field goal. He's a guy who's, like, putting up voluminous amounts of shots, and tonight it was like, Fourth quarter, the third quarter, he took one shot. He had seven assists. It was like a different styled Russell Westbrook than we've seen this year. I'm wondering, from from your perspective, uh, kind of an outside perspective, I know Russell Westbrook is kind of the the talk of the season for a lot of people, not just in Oklahoma City, but but around the league. Where where does he stand in in the MVP conversation from your you know, perspective? You know, that's a great question to ask because it's, it's funny because you know you look at the, you, know, you look at what Oklahoma City is doing. And then you see that what they're around a sixth seed in in the West, but then you look at Houston, and then a lot of times you say, okay, I know Westbrook has all these triple doubles; he has 35 now. But then at the same time, you say, well, James Harden's team is a little bit better, so he doesn't have to do as much. So is 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 that going back and forth? Because you know when you typically have an MVP, his team is typically a better squad, you know what I mean? Most valuable player because of his squad. But just because, I hate to say it, he's like one of few legitimate, legitimate, like really good players on it, on his team to whereas he has to go above and beyond. And some people may say the reason why he's averaging a triple-double is because he has to do that. Can we, can we infer, can we guess that T.J. McConnell thinks that Russell Westbrook is the MVP? After, oh, after yeah, that, after yeah. that quote from tonight, I, I love this quote. T.J. McConnell just came out and flat out said it. I was, were you there for the McConnell quote? Yeah. What was, what was his, what was his tone in saying? Because here's the quote, on the quote sheet, uh, he averages a triple double for Christ's sake, so it's tough for us to stop him. What was, what was T.J. McConnell's tone in that quote? I mean, it was kind of like a guy whose team was just destroyed, and someone asked him. Can you match his intensity? What about his intensity? And I think he was a little upset with the question, 
But at the same time, even before the game, on shoot around, he kept talking about how great Russell Westbrook was and how he averages triple doubles and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was crazy, man. He wasn't in a good mood after after the after the press conference. I'll tell you that. T.J. McConnell is a pretty intense guy, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Pittsburgh. They they they're they're a little intense out there. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sixers tonight. Um, what did, Sarge didn't do that much tonight. What was he? Uh, Twelve points on four fourteen shooting. He's been really good lately. I I also want to know your perspective on. I think the rookie of the year race is really interesting this year because I, I think Sar, I think Sharage is I always present Sharage Sar, right yeah yeah that's it. so I think Sharage is really I think he's really good and he's obviously been great the last you know month month and a half whatever it's been where he's averaging about twenty a game you're you're there on the inside Joel Embiid's played thirty one games but thirty one games that have been in terms of just quality per game so much better so much better than any other rookie in the league. Then you got a guy like Dario who has been good and has played all the year, but the per game quality is nowhere near Embiid. And I'm wondering where where you stand on the rookie of the year stuff. Is can you justify voting for Embiid for rookie of the year? No, you can't. Not. I mean, excuse me. Embiid is a way better player. Embiid, in my opinion, should have made the All Star team this year. But the problem is Embiid's only played 31 games, only played 31. I mean, Dario is the only person on the team <laughs> who's played in all all the games this year, the only one. Another thing is today was Dario's 21st game with you know, scoring 10 or more points. You know, Dario, the thing with him is, you know, he went up against, you know, Taj Gibson, who's, you know, a, a, a veteran power forward, and, and he's strong, he's you know, he's you know a, a strong guy. And I just think that, you know, Dario looked like a rookie. But on most nights, it's like Dario is the guy who leads the Sixers. And it's funny about the Sixers team. You know, you know, you, you have – we know Embiid is great. You, you know Dario is, is a solid player. But it just seems like, you know, this guy, he makes everyone else on the floor better. You know, when Dario is rolling, they have a balanced attack. It's not like the buddy ball type of things where the point guard and the power forward gets a lot. It's just that Dario, when he's on the top of his game, he makes sure that his balance scoring. And then when it's in the clutch, that's when he takes over. I really like his game. Oh, I like it a lot. He's a great passer. Yeah. He's got some – I said this on my podcast yesterday, previewing the show. Like I, I watch a decent amount of Sixers because I actually – especially when Embiid was around, I think they're, they're really fun – like they're really fun to watch, even when they're losing. Like they, mm-hmm. they have a lot of guys who are fun to watch. I have, I have this weird thing for Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. I, I love. Ro- I think he's such a good defensive player, and I really like Robert Covington. But Sarge has like he's not nearly the athlete, but from a skills perspective, passing perspective, I feel like he has a little bit of Blake Griffin in him, yeah, with yeah. with the way that he's able to make all of those different types of passes, whether it's on the break in the half court, uh, cross court passes, like passes out of pick and roll, like he's he's so good at all that kind of stuff. And at 22 years old, like what a skill set. Yeah, you're right. He's he's Blake Griffin with better all around offensive skills. He's a better shooter. Yeah, a sure. better shooter. Yeah, especially and at the age when Blake was 22. He, he, yeah. I mean, now he's a good shooter, but yeah. he couldn't yeah. shoot at 22. Like if you look at Dario and, and you say, you look at his size. He has gained 20 pounds since they drafted him like a couple years ago because he wanted to bulk up. But if you look at Dario and you see him, you're like, 
come on, dude, this guy can't play. I mean, you know, he, he the way he walks looks like he has a bad back. You know what I mean? This and that. He just goes like this. I mean, he just, you know, he clogs along, so to speak. <laughs> but he's he, he he'll he'll surprise you with his athleticism. I mean, he'll come down and he'll make a pass, and you're like, dang, Dora, I didn't know you could do that. You know what I mean? You keep saying that. And everyone always knocks him. Like, they keep saying that um, Dario Sarge is a is a role player. He's a bench player in this league. Dario Sarge, you know, he doesn't play above the rim, so he's not going to excel in this league. Now they're saying, man, how am I going to get Dario Sarge and Ben Simmons on the floor at the same time? You know, we have to get Dario on the floor. So, yeah, he's he's better than people give him um, credit for. And, and I do like that comparison. You know, Blake Griffin to Dario. I just think that at this particular time, you know, Dario just has a, he's a better shooter than Blake. Right, and not not nearly the athlete. Like, when, <laughs> no, like no. Young, young Blake specifically, like yeah. 22, yeah. 23, 24-year-old Blake was, like, probably the yeah. best athlete of any big man in the league. Yeah, back best then. athlete certainly of any like good big man in the league. Like there was like Javale, and like but yeah. like you know young DeAndre who's not the player he is now. But he but, was like, jumping over cars, remember? Oh yeah, yeah. no young young <laughs> Blake. Like, was, yeah. He was jumping over everybody. He's like dunks yeah. on Perkins and Mozgov and Chris Humphreys and I mean he was dunking on it every like his first two years in the league he dunked on it. Yeah, he dunked on everybody. Um, I feel like we have to talk about the rebounding for a quick second too. 54 yeah. to 25. Thunder Thunder had oh, grabbed over over two thirds of available rebounds in this game. The mm-hmm. rebound rate was 60 68 percent in this game. It was one of the best, most dominant rebounding performances in a single game for any team this season. Um, Canner just talked about. Canner basically said that they outphysicaled them, which I think is the easy mm-hmm. answer. But like their bigs, eh, their bigs basically just pushed out all of their guys. The Sixers have a lot of, like, positive rebounders, guys who try to jump over guys for balls. Like, Rashawn Holmes tries to jump over guys for balls. I feel like Adams and Kenner were just boxing them all the way out of the paint the whole time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and that's what Dario said. He felt like we were in a bar fight. I mean, he just felt like, you know, he said he just said they were just bigger, stronger. And it was and, – and I know it sounds like, okay, when Cantor say that, it's like, come on, dude, it has to be different. But they were. They were just more physical than them. I mean, you look at, you look at, you know, Jalil Okafor. You know, he's he's a big guy, but he's not really. I mean, his body is big, but he's not a a, a guy like a Joel Embiid who's going to grab a lot of rebounds for you. A guy who's going to fight. You know, Ja is more of like a finesse player. Now he'll get some rebounds. I mean, on this day he only had two, right? And and then you look at a Rashawn Holmes. Who's undersized at at at, at six nine? You know he he was basically when he first came into the league, he was known as a power forward, and now he's playing center. And then you have Sean Long, a guy who you know the team just recently signed to a a, a three year deal. So, but all of them, Sean and and uh, Rashawn Holmes and Sean Long, are basically like stretch fours who are playing five, playing a five position. So I think it was just a matter of, I mean, like they said, just getting bullied around, like getting moved off the spot. They just couldn't do it. Yeah, that's the type of team Adams and Canner can really hurt. Because those guys are big and they're strong and they're physical. And, like, the Sixers' bigs, they don't really stretch. Yeah. Like, they're, they're undersized, but they're not stretch fives and stretch fours. Like, this isn't like 
it's not like they have like Anthony Tolliver playing the five. Like uh, you know, Tolliver went up against them the other day and like hurt them because he can go on the outside and he can shoot some threes and he can do that kind of stuff. Um, but, but these guys aren't really going to stretch. But see, that's the that's what I'm looking at it right now. Like Rashawn Holmes, he's a quality three point shooter. Sean Long can shoot from the outside. I mean, between the two, they were zero for one. Uh-huh. You know, and and you know, you're looking and it's like, whoa, what happened to your opportunities? Because these guys typically take advantage of it, and they didn't. Um, I don't know what it was. If it was maybe, you know, they probably felt like. You know they had to kick. They had to exert so much energy on defense, on offense. It just seems like they probably couldn't get away from guys. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I'm looking at it now, and it's kind of like crazy. It's kind of rare. Like, and if you look at it, these two guys didn't really have bad games shooting wise. You know, Rashawn Holmes was five for eight for 11, 11 points. Sean Long was four for seven um, with thirteen points. But um. You know, you can't play against a Cantor. You can't play against a, a Steven Adams trying to bully those guys or, or go pound for pound for them on the block. You're going to lose every time. Mm-hmm. Cantor was, um, was especially good in this one, I thought. He was just pulling down. He was pulling down everything, um, finishing around the rim so well. Thunder had, like, a disproportionately large amount of and ones in this game where they were just – going through contact and finishing around the rim a ton. I think Westbrook had three of them. That's how he got up to 18 on only uh, on only six shots. But uh, they were they were just finishing around the rim. Anything else? Uh, anything else you notice from here? Um, you know, the the one thing is the the bad thing is I like I didn't really see much from from Jalo Okafor today. You know, it was his first game back. He missed he missed the the previous game. He set out the second half two games ago and you know he was minus 16 I mean he had six points four of those points came in the first I believe five minutes of the game you know then after that he he just really he just looked you know like he was just out of shape um you know I I really would like to see him you know do more and again he only played 16 minutes 43 seconds because the game was was out of hand but I'm really looking forward to see what he can do against Chicago. He's going home to play the Bulls on uh, on, on Friday, so I really want to see what he can do. All right, uh, yeah, that that that's a good. One. Also, I thought Andre Robertson um, had a really nice defensive game. I know uh, not a lot of major wing threats to guard in this game, but I thought he did a really good job getting in guys' faces and. It's worth noting near the end of the year when Robertson has a strong defensive game because he is having a case for for all defense. And I, I was excited to watch Robert Covington play defense and stuff. He stuffed Robertson at the rim in that uh, that first quarter. He's one of my favorite defenders to watch because he's, he's so big in the shoulders, you know? And he's so, yeah. he's so good at sticking with guys on the perimeter. He's really good, Covington. Yeah, he has a, what, a seven-foot foot six. A wingspan. <laughs> I didn't realize he had seven six. Yeah, he's he's long. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. He's he's unrestricted this summer too, or he's restricted this summer, right? Yeah, should I take that back? I think it's uh, seven six. I think it's seven two. I think it's yeah. seven two. But, he's um, but he's restricted. I wonder. I wonder what kind of contract he's going to get because he can play. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. I think a lot of it depends on what the Sixers do, like what they do in a lottery and what they can get in the draft. You know, I, I think that it will depend on that. And now, I do believe that he'll get a raise, 
But if you, let's just say, if you can get like a Tatum out of Duke or you could get like one of these young guys, these young wings, you know, you'll say to yourself, like, I want to play this guy. You know, I want to use this guy. And then Robert Covington, you know, he could become a little bit expendable. You know, I mean, that's the problem. Now, again, he is a quality defender. I mean, you're talking about Robertson as a defender. You know, Covington is a solid one as well. And I think he brings a lot to this team. You know, it's, he doesn't – you know, when he first joined the Sixers, oh, he was just jacking threes left and right. I mean, it was like, yo, don't take that. Oop, come on, man. And, like, after a while he would make a couple and people were like, whoa, good one, good. But it's like times, man, when he struggled and – he would miss like his first eight threes and he's still out there jacking, you know. But then now it's, it's one of those things where, you know, he he bought into what Brett Brown says about a three and D. Like, yes, I'm going to let you shoot your threes, but you need to defend. And now he, he, he typically defends the other team's best perimeter player. Now, he wasn't really on Westbrook a lot tonight, but he's typically on the other team's best perimeter player. Yeah. I, I, I'm very interested to see what this summer is going to be like for him and for Robertson because Covington's obviously a better offensive player than Robertson because he shoots threes pretty well. But uh, those two guys hitting the open market is going to be a nice test to see how people value wing defense and restricted free agents this summer because they're, they they have a lot of overlapping similarities. Anything to plug before we go? Writing, oh, nah, Twitter? Nah, I'm fine. What about you? Uh, podcast tomorrow, like usual. I'm at Fred Katz on Twitter. What's your Twitter again? Uh, Pompey on Sixers. Pompey on Sixers, and I'm at Fred Katz, and that's about it. I'll be back tomorrow. I assume you'll be back tomorrow also? Mm-hmm. Be back tomorrow. The beauty of the Lockdown Podcast Network. <laughs> Every single day, it's amazing that people haven't gotten sick of us yet. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you tomorrow then. All right, bye-bye.